All right, you guys can have a seat. This morning, Rick is teaching from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, like to take this opportunity to uh, apologize to the people that are on Facebook Live and Instagram Live because I was like right behind that, so you probably heard me singing. I apologize to you with all that I am. Um, good morning. Let's, uh, let's pray. God, thank you for, for Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity for us to gather here together today, Lord. Um, Guide us into your truth, guide us into your spirit, guide us into your power. Help us to understand what it is that, that you have to say to us this morning. Father, you are, uh, you are bigger and greater than anything in this world, Father, and we trust that you have things in your power and in your control, God. Uh, thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. Um, so, uh, hey, what's going on? Anything new happening? Everything's normal. Good. Um, uh, I want to say a couple of things before we get, get started uh, with, with the message. Uh, one, last week, uh, I was uh, just want to say thank you for letting me kind of get free. And I was preaching at an FCA conference uh, for high school students, high school guys, uh, last weekend. It was really cool. Um, Brett is the number 20 kids that gave a lot, gave, made a, a decision uh, to follow the Lord for the first time. Um, a lot of those times are like you uh, get emotional and re-up, but these were 20 kids who had never uh, chosen to follow Christ at all. Um, and so that happened, uh, basically the, the big stuff happened on Saturday night a week ago from yesterday. Um, it was really, really cool, really powerful. And I want you to I say that, one, to, to celebrate, but also to, uh, that, like, we, we share in that. I know some of you were, were praying for, for that event and praying for, for me and praying for those students and whatever, but, but we, we share in that celebration, um, and it's, it's really cool. I uh, also want to say one other thing. In, in this passage, I'm not going to talk deeply about it, but um, one, of, one of the verses here uh, there's a time to refrain from embracing. That's verse 5. This would be that time. Um, in case you are wondering about the truth of applying Scripture, let me help you to apply that Scripture today. Um, so uh, I want to read off a list of ingredients, and you tell me what this list of ingredients will create. Got it? Make sense? The list of ingredients is flour, eggs, sugar, 
brown sugar, vanilla, chocolate chips, and oil. What do those things gather together to create? Chocolate chip cookies. Thank you. Um, those aren't, that's not particular, like I know there's a lot of people that want the recipe, but that's not the, I'm not going to say anything anymore about that. Um, flour, egg, sugar, brown sugar, vanilla, chocolate chips, oil. Individually, some of these things would be gross. Imagine eating a cup of flour. Gross, right? Imagine drinking like, uh, like taking a shot of vanilla, vanilla extract. You'd probably like get sick, right? Um, imagine just drinking a cup of oil. That'd be kind of gross, right? Chocolate chips, like yesterday, I was, like, was kind of, I had a little bit of time to, like, you know, kind of process through my sermon. I'm thinking about this part of the sermon, and I come to chocolate chips, I'm like, hmm, I think I'd like a handful of chocolate chips right now. So I had a handful of chocolate chips. Uh, so that would be good, right? Um, and maybe even, to some degree, a little bit of sugar might be good, but probably that would still be gross, just like a, especially like a full cup of sugar. To have, to sit and eat a cup of sugar, you might like it, but it would be kind of gross eventually. Um, you wouldn't do any of that stuff. Uh, I want you to think about that in light of, of these verses um, that, that Kelly just read. And we're going to go beyond just these first eight verses. Um, and I promise, like last time I preached here a couple weeks ago, I, I sang uh, a, like a few bars of Dust in the Wind. Um, I won't be singing uh, Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds. I won't be singing that today. Um, you're welcome. You've all also had to endure, uh, especially those on the internet have, have had to endure hearing me sing, so you won't have to do that anymore. Um, so I want to uh, look at these. There's, there's 14 statements. There are 14 statements that are, that are here um, on in the, this passage, and there are 14 good ones and 14 bad ones. In your bulletin and uh, also on the screen, they're going to show up. Um, there's, there's the good side, and, and in a second, we'll, we'll talk about those things that are on the bad side. There are 14 statements on, on either side, and, and I don't even like that I said, or that's on the screen, good side versus bad side, because I think, generally speaking, we have bad definitions of good and bad definitions of bad. This culture and the coronavirus, we would label that as bad. However, as we'll see throughout the course of, of today and at the end, sometimes what we label as bad, God can redeem and does redeem for good. Um, in fact, that's Genesis fifty twenty, I believe, what the enemy intended for harm God has worked out for your good. So, let that be uh, a guide to you as we navigate these difficult days of the coronavirus. What the enemy intends for, for harm, God can work out for good. Um, and that's hard to believe, right? That's, that's really hard to believe. That's hard, it, in, the, in the heat of difficulty, that's hard to believe. Um, and even, like, I'm preaching a sermon right now about the truth of that. Um, but it's hard for me to believe, and I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to myself. So I want to get back to this, 
this, what, it, what is essentially a poem, the first eight verses, is a poem from Solomon. And, and because it's poetry, I want you to understand that it's not like these are not directive, hard and fast rules that you need to apply to your life in a command sort of way. Instead, it's poetry that a wise person has written to emote feeling and thoughts inside of the hearer and the reader. So that's what this is designed to do. These are not hard and fast rules that you need to, you need to do all of these things in your lifetime. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But ultimately, these, this is a poem designed to emote a thought, a feeling uh, for you. Uh, and ultimately, what I, I think good, um, like, God-centered poetry ought to take us to a place where we consider the wonders of God and think deeply about them. So the good side, here they are. This is what God, there's a season in your life for all of these things. To be born, to plant, um, and that one kind of, that's an issue. Like think about God designs you to plant. And, and one of the things you hear me say a lot like a vision of the church is to plant the gospel in North County. Um, there's a season for us to plant. There's a season for us to heal, a time to build up, a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to gather stones together. All these other ones, like, they all make sense. I've never gathered stones. I don't know. Um, maybe we can, when the virus dies down, we can all get together and gather stones together. What do you think? Maybe that can be our, our, our summer North Church event. Let's go, well, <laughs> let's go gather stones together. A time to embrace, which is not this time. Um, a time to seek, a time to keep, a time to sow, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time for peace. I'm not spending a lot of time with these because I don't believe they, we need to spend time analyzing what each one of these things mean because it's meant to come together, just like the, uh, what I said at the beginning with all the chocolate chip cookie uh, ingredients, like they're meant to be together, to come together, to, to have us to, to wonder at who God is. The bad side, a time to die. And again, pardon my misuse of the word bad. These, this is what we would deem to be bad, but it's not always bad, and God can use even these bad things that bring about his good. A time to die, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to break down, a time to weep, a time to mourn, a time to cast away stones. Can I tell you a funny story? Spent that time talking about gathering stones. This happened when I was probably six or seven years old. Um, my brother and I had, like, he really liked to find really pretty and smooth rocks, and we were, like, on a walk in the park, the, our, my family, so it was my mom and my dad, my brother and I, and he found this really cool rock. And it was really smooth and pretty, and it was, like, perfectly fit in the palm of his hand. And he was really proud of the rock. And I asked him if I could see the rock. And he handed me the rock, and I rolled the window down and threw it out the window and says, Now we're even. There's a time to cast away stones. That was a time to cast away. No, that wasn't. That was, a, that was not a time to cast away stones. Um, and I have... Uh, I'm still carrying the, the shame of that, of that day. Um, 
So I need to go find a, a smooth, pretty stone to give to my brother. The eighth one, a time to refrain from embracing witches now. A time to lose, a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to keep silence, a time to hate, and a time for war. When we read and really consider these verses, we're poetically engaging with the sovereign. I want to say that again. When we read and engage with these verses, we are poetically engaging with the sovereign. And I, like that's, those words are very carefully chosen, that God is sovereign over all of this, our being born and our death, our, our being alive, and, and all of these things, even gathering and, and casting away stones and embracing and not embracing. There's a time for all of that, and God is sovereign. We're meant to see this list and consider the many wonders of God and think deeply about what's happening in our lives. So let's contextualize that idea here. Think through, this is like your homework, and you have plenty of time this week to sit and consider. Um, Read through these verses and, and think about what this season of our lives is like and understand that God is orchestrating these events to speak to you. Um, I, like, I've been really acutely aware of that fact that God is orchestrating events to get our attention so that he can speak to us. And this, there's an idea of, of his presence that's been really um, intimate in my brain and in my heart. And I think these verses speak to that. They, they create this conglomeration of events and facts and emotions and, and thoughts and all that come to, to get this, this soup of, of God's sovereignty to get us to understand how great and marvelous and wonderful he is. Um, but the final thought, I think, is God has a design for my life. He has a design for your life, and it's the design to give you an abundant life. Um, forgive me if I slip into, like, the everything is sunny and rainbows kind of pasture, but I believe that God brings us all of this in our lives to give us abundant life. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. John 10.10. 10. That's, a, that's a beautiful verse for your life, but it's a, also a beautiful verse for today. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you would have life and have it abundantly. As you consider everything, all of the stuff that's being taken from you, that you can't go and do, that you can't like... March is a time to watch basketball, and now that's all been taken from us, right? And it's, it's like, it's silly to think that, that like, health of, of our nation and, and all that is more important than basketball. It's silly, right? Josh says, no, it's not silly. But, but like, there's, there's an element that thinks that something has been taken from us in some degree, in some fashion. But in the, in the midst of all of it, God is, God is creating this um, to give us his pleasure. Verse 9, um, and here's where I want to spend some specific time with these specific verses. Um, what gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. Um, 
The things that you'll be busy with are the things that, some of the things that we just poetically read from Solomon. You will mourn, you will die, you will refrain from embracing, you'll weep, you'll lose, you'll keep silent. All of these things will be done by you or to you. They will affect you. They will chop you down. They will attack your faith in humanity and in God's plan. So grab, grab your bulletin. And Mia, if you don't mind, go back to the, to the bad things, the slide for the, the bad things. Um, a time to die, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to break down, a time to weep, a time to mourn, a time to cast away stones, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to lose, a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to keep silent, a time to hate, and a time for war. All of these things will be done by you or to you. All of these things will affect you. All of these things will attack your faith that God is, in fact, good, that God does have abundant life for you. They will, um, they will attack your happiness, but they're fleeting. Now look at the other side. Me, if you fire up the, the good stuff. A time to be born, a time to plant, a time to heal, a time to build up, a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to seek, a time to keep, a time to sow, a time to speak, a time to love, a time for peace. All of these things will be done to you or by you. And they will affect you. They will lift you up. They will strengthen your faith in humanity. They will strengthen your faith in God. They will provide happiness to you. But just like the other side, they're also fleeting. They're all seasons. What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. The things that we busy ourselves with are meant to point us to God. Verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Two very important truths are present here. Um, Seldom in the book of Ecclesiastes do we have very specific commands or very specific phrasing that we can pull out and directly apply to our lives. That almost never happens in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's very ethereal and and up in the air. Uh, But this verse is very specific and gives us two very specific things that we can understand. First, he has made everything beautiful in its time. The truth about God is that he redeems every time he redeems. Um, I think about two specific instances in this world, in, my, in, in the life of, of where I live. I live in Ferguson. In 2011, a tornado swept down my street and destroyed my house. And it was really hard. There were three trees laying on my house, and rains came in, and it was, it had, like, it destroyed everything. The only thing that remains are the exterior walls and a subfloor in my house. Everything else is, was destroyed. Furniture, walls, televisions, clothing, all that stuff, gone, destroyed. And it was I remember one moment very vividly when North Church responded and came and kind of helped us clean things up, and Jen and I were literally 
sitting in our front yard on a, a tree that's this big around that was laying on the ground. We're just sitting at it, on it as if it were a bench, watching. Like, I was feeling really discouraged and really depressed for myself. Um, like, all the work and all, all the stuff that had to be done, and, and like, my home was, was gone. And then I'm, I'm watching the, the body, and not just North Church members, but people that I knew from other areas, and, and several people I'd never even seen before, cleaning my yard, cleaning my house. And I, I, I was convinced in that moment of the, the redeeming nature of our God. Then, a few years later, Michael Brown is shot. And um, I want to be very careful here. Uh, because when I say this, I, I, can, I can divide the room in half, not this room, but any room in half by saying an unarmed black teenager was killed or whatever. Whatever your, your thoughts of what happened are, is that, that was a, a bad event. And that was a, the, the response from both sides, from all sides, not just both sides, even those in the middle, the response was hard, right? Really hard. I remember the, the day after it happened, I was sitting at Flo Prez, where we met at that time, and I was about to preach, and I'm just weeping for my city. I've spent my, my entire life living there, and I'm weeping for my city, and it was hard. But... There's been, it's, it's not fully redeemed, but that redemption process is happening. We are more fully aware of, of the struggles of those who are not like us today than we were on August the 8th. God is redeeming and orchestrating and bringing about his purposes in our lives through everything that happens. He has made everything beautiful in its time. A tornado that destroyed a house and Michael Brown. He will make everything beautiful in its time. The coronavirus. He will make everything beautiful in its time. It's who he is. He redeems. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Um, you are an eternal being. Your soul will live forever. And God has put that fact, that idea, that understanding into your heart, and he's got a reason for it. We are eternal beings. We long for the rightness of our future. You, know, you, you track him with that? We long for the rightness of our future. When we see a wrong, we are compelled to try to make it right. We long for the rightness of our future. And the reason for that is that God has put eternity in our souls, in our hearts. He's given that to us. Um... We long for redemption. We long for justice. We long for unity. We long for peace. We strive for it. Um, it creates a longing for redemption in us. We have a desire to be better 
to do better. Eternity is stamped on us. But look at what comes after that comma in verse 11. Yet, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end, we don't see the end. And this is frustrating for us, frustrating for our impatience. Look at the frustration that you felt with the way we have to live with this coronavirus. It's frustrating. We are impatient. We want to know. We want to experience. We want to feel God's redemption fully at all times. But God has a design for all of this to weave and orchestrate events to keep us to understand his sovereignty. Verse 12 and 13, we're almost finished. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat, drink, and take pleasure in all his toil. Is, this is God's gift to man. Um, I want to just stop and let you consider that last verse. Solomon says in Scripture that God's gift to you is to eat and drink and take pleasure in your work, in your strivings. Go back to verse 12, some very specific things here. I perceive that there is nothing better for them, for us, than to be joyful and do good as long as we live. Here's a command from your pastor. Be happy today. Here's a command from the scriptures. Be happy today. Be joyful. Not just that. Do good. Here are some ideas for you to be joyful today. Have a good meal. Hold the hand after you wash them of someone you love. Hold the hand of someone you love. Worship God. Tell someone that they're special to you. Give something away. Today, that's give something away. Serve somebody. Like, it's, it's just really simple, guys. I, I, I want you to see the simplicity of, of this verse, especially in the context, in the confusingness. Is confusingness a word? Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Words are meant to communicate. So the simplicity of this verse and this idea appears in the context of the great confusion that is Ecclesiastes. Be joyful and do good. Like, life is confusing. Ecclesiastes is confusing. Solomon is really deep. Ecclesiastes is really deep. But this is really simple. Be joyful and do good. What should I do with all of my free time due to the coronavirus? Here's an idea. Be joyful and do good. 
And now it's your job to figure out what that looks like. How can I be joyful today? How can I do good today? Um, be joyful, do good. And part of God's plan for the church is to be in community with each other. So let's, let's take that as, a, as, a, as some initiative for us to go and do today. Um, be joyful and do good. Do good to the people around you. Give ideas to people of how you can do good. Be, uh, give ideas to people around you of how you can just be joyful, be happy today. Um, if you do something that's really fun and really pleasurable today, send me a text. That'll make me joyful. Um, if you do something good, send me a text and tell me about how, what you did was good. Send it to me, not to a whole bunch of people, because I don't want you to be this humble bragger. <laughs> but send it to me. Let me know. And, like, this is God's design for this church. Like, is, is to, to live in close communion with each other. Um, in, in light of that, I want to... Uh, sermon is over, but church is not. 